Hello and welcome to the very first ever Cultoid podcast. We're going to talk about the Oscars because it's the biggest and potentially fakest uh, event in the film calendar of the year and it's coming up in a few weeks' time. So you let's introduce ourselves. Um, let's introduce ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm James. And uh, I'm James. It's not confusing at all. Yeah. Uh, one of us is the James that sounds nasal uh, and the other one has a much bigger nasal passage <laughs> so it would never sound nasal. Um, huh. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Oscars and we're going to talk about the Oscars. Not just any Oscars, not like Oscar the Grouch. But the Oscars. So let's first, let's get to the cutting edge, the pressing issue about this year's Oscars, the hashtag Oscars so white issue. Uh, James, where do you stand on the Oscars so white issue? Um, well, I, f- I think the whole thing is, it's very hard to know what all the facts are. Um, but the facts we do know um, do shed a bit of light on it. And you can kind of see where people like Will Smith, etc., are coming from. Um just looking at the stats, in 2012, the results of a study conducted by Los Angeles Times were published describing the demographic breakdown of approximately 88% of voting membership. Of the active voters confirmed, 94% were, ca- were Caucasian. So you right. can understand why there is a feeling that um, there is something unfair um, afoot. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't think I don't think there's 94% of the... I don't think 94% of the actual... Um, members are racist so uh you know i don't think it really means much in that sense but um you know well it's it's been said that the um one of the issues that's been raised is that the it's not about white or black or latino Mm -hmm. or any other ethnicity it's more that the academy members aren't watching all the films that are sent to them as screeners so they're then picking films that they know to be real awards bait like the revenant and missing out on things like Mm -hmm. Well, Creed is a bigger one, but mm. uh, Tangerine, say, mm. and uh, Dear White People, mm. that they're getting missed out on. Do you think that's true? Yeah, I can I can see that. Um, you, I mean, the comparison in real life is is uh, is jury selected for court cases, isn't it? You know, yeah. they try and find a jury who hasn't um, got any previous knowledge of a case. You know, which is make, makes sense, doesn't it? But if you've if you've got a uh, a world view of the revenant and everyone's telling you every media outlet is saying this is an amazing film this is leonardo dicaprio's chance internally you're probably already thinking do you know what he's going to be amazing in this yeah that's true yeah but then that that for me um see i'm already getting into my opinions on films now specific films but that worked against leonardo dicaprio for me in the revenant because i went in thinking he's front runner and this is going to be something amazing and for me yeah. he just it wasn't. I mean, it was a good performance, and he had to drag himself through poo, quite literally, and blood. But it was just kind of a one-note, one-dimensional performance in that it only had one mode, and that was growling and snarling and crying. Mm. There was no. There wasn't the kind of range that he's shown. You know, in my opinion, he was robbed in a Wolf of Wall Street year, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. kind of almost like this is now a pity vote for him that he's like he's like the Scorsese. Uh, where you know everyone wants him so much to have an award that he's going to probably get one. But everyone, everyone knows when it comes to the Oscars anyway that it's rigged by the stonecutters. So, uh, or the reptile people, <laughs> uh, the Illuminati. Yes. You know what? It comes down to what is the criteria for an Oscar? You know, is it just based on, like you say, um, it kind of been forced into people who should be the winner from, from the off? But 
I don't know, you know, again, Leonardo DiCaprio, was he nominated for uh, Who's Eating Gilbert's Grapes? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that, that brings on to another point. And before I go on to that point, I just want to say this. This is our first podcast. We've got some decent equipment going, but we forgot to buy pop shields. Uh, and that is why you can hear every syllable that's like a P or a B. So I'm sorry, and next time we'll correct that. But moving on from that, um, yeah, in terms of who gets nominated and why... Um, there's that thing that people have spoken about in articles where is it that someone does the best of something or is it that they do the most of something? So when you see, like, for example, uh, let's not take an acting one. Let's say, like, Grand Budapest Hotel when it won all the technical awards, which it thoroughly deserved. But it's, like, the costume, best costume. Mm. Well, it had the most costume mm-hmm, because yeah. not only were the costumes great, but they were of such a period yeah. and a time and yeah. a and an aesthetic that you just can't help but see how good they are. Mm. Um, Whereas something, you know, like, say, let's say Sicario from this year, you know, the costumes are are accurate and and well thought out Mm. for where they are, but because it's set in the modern day, you're glossing over it. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Um, And and then, so then take that into acting, and then you get a Leonardo DiCaprio nomination because he's doing the most acting. He's screaming more than anyone screams, Mm. and he's in pain more than anyone's in pain. Doesn't mean he's the best. He's just doing it the most. Yeah. Uh, so who do we think was going to win this year at the Oscars? And um, I do have... You probably hear some rustling. You can definitely hear rustling now, I'm sure. Uh, that's because I've got paper. Um, and I have on that paper every subject, every category and all the nominees. And we're not going to go through all of them because just like when you watch the actual broadcast itself, you just want to get past all the stuff like, you know, sound editing and art direction, no matter how important those jobs are. We want to, just want to get to the big five or six. So that's what we're going to do. Um, best Actress, then. We've got Kate Blanchett in Carol, Brie Larson in Room, Jennifer Lawrence in Joy, Charlotte Ramplin in 45 Years, and Saoirse Ronan in Brooklyn. That's right, Saoirse. I know how to pronounce it. Well, I love Brie Larson because I love Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, and I think she's very much due a lot of attention Mm -hmm. um so she could do she could do very well in in this um but i don't know it's very tricky jennifer lawrence seems to be in there every year yeah i think she's had enough (laughs) she's had enough and she knows she's had enough well (laughs) i I, you know there's nothing about joy that's like you know it's got it's not got that same buzz around it as when she was nominated for like winter's bone and uh, Silver Linings Playbook. Yeah. Um, it's not had the same. And Kate Blanchett, I think she's amazing. I think she's, she's. The thing is, she seems like she's the new Meryl Streep. Mm. Uh, whatever she seems to pick what the best films to be in yeah, every year, and she is the best awesome. in them every year. Yeah. But she's had enough too. So, um, yeah, I, I'd like Brie Larson to win because Room think, is absolutely sensational. I, I think as well when people. I mean, I can't speak on behalf of voters, but when when you are voting and you see someone who's new and fresh. You have got no opinion of them whatsoever, mm. really, do you? Um, so you haven't got this whole background of of knowing that person and knowing what they've done. So to just see them play a character very, very well, you're like, where is this person going? Yeah. So it wouldn't surprise me if someone like Brie Larson won. Okay, best actor. Uh, Brian Cranston in Trumbo. I can't wait to see that film. It's not out in the UK yet. It's out in like two weeks' time, I think, middle of February. Matt Damon in The Martian. Damon. Leo in The Revenant, as we all know. Michael Fassbender for Steve Jobs and Eddie Redmayne in The Danish Girl. Eddie Redmayne. <laughs> that was my impression of Eddie Redmayne. Saying his own name. It's this 
I mean, best actor category is always tricky, isn't it? It's like they're always absolutely phenomenal, aren't they? Yeah. Um, but Matt Damon is is amazing. Uh, he's a very good actor in Martian in particular. But is it Leonardo DiCaprio's time? I know we've touched on him uh, a few times now, but is it actually his time to do it? What do you think? Um, I'd I'd like to see him not win, and I'd I'd like to see him not win and be happy to not win and say yeah because you should have given me it for something else, and <laughs> I'll do some I'll do more in the future and it'll be better. Yeah. Um, because uh, there's there an article on birthmoviesdeath.com uh, that Devin Ferracci wrote. There's a shout out for you. Um, where he the point he was making was that you can't just because they've suffered through this harsh landscape. That's how they're selling the film, you know. Um, we we endured so much to get this performance. Well, that doesn't make it Oscar worthy. It doesn't make it worth an award just because you were cold and frightened at night. It makes it award worthy because it's a great performance. So I I think he's done better, and I think he'll do better. And so I I wouldn't want him to win for this one. So uh, Fastbender was brilliant in Steve Jobs. Um, so I yeah I'm gonna go with Fastbender, uh, but with a with the Proviso that Brian Cranston will probably come in and, <laughs> and trumbo all over him. <laughs> do you um, do you know who the actor with the most nominations who hasn't won an Oscar is? Oh wow, statistics people. Um, the Oscar say, say again. The most nominated actor without an Oscar. Is it someone still alive? Sadly not. Oh. Um, no, then. Leonardo DiCaprio is up there with five nominations. Glenn Close has six. Ooh. Richard Burton has seven, but Peter O'Toole. I oh, think. really? Yeah. Was so. Hang on a minute. Peter O'Toole didn't win for Lawrence of Arabia. Obviously not. Nope. Mm, interesting. Right. Okay. So now we're on to the big. T- in my opinion, are the big two categories. Everyone. Everyone seems to think best actor and actress and best picture are the big three. But for me, it's best director and best picture. Mm-hmm. Um. Because. I'll tell you why. <laughs> best picture, obviously, for obvious reasons, because it's that is the biggest. But best director, because once a director wins an award like this, you're sure that they're going to go off and make something that they want to make. Yeah. Whereas an actor is always going to be limited by what they're offered, so they can't necessarily go and make exactly what they want to. They can't be in be mm. the person they want to play unless it's offered to them. Whereas, it's a bit. It's a bit of pod luck as to how much control they get as well. Who knows whether they pick. A role that has a great screenplay, but then the director's vision's different, etc. Exactly. Yeah, good point. So, best director category, and, it, and it's for me. I think this is a really strong category this year. Really hard to pick from. So it's Adam McKay for McKay for The Big Short, George Miller for Mad Max Fury Road, Alejandro G. Inarritu for The Revenant, Lenny Abrahamson for Room, and Tom McCarthy for Spotlight. Um, what I would like is uh, George Miller, Mad Max Fury Road, because. I mean, you, you people will have seen the comparisons of with and without effects online, yeah. and it is phenomenal what they achieved with that film. And it's just, it just is a great fun action movie, but I just don't think it'll get um, best director, unfortunately. Just because I think it's a, it's a contra- not controversial, but it's not a mainstream film. Yeah. Whereas I think Revenant has been pitched as that, so I do think Revenant will probably. Uh, yeah, I mean, I th- the the other thing that I think Mad Max has got going for it is just the sheer amount of time it took for it to be made, yeah. and the fact that George Miller approached it so differently, and that he storyboarded the film before a screenplay yeah, was which made. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, and and shows in the film because people act rather than talk, mm. 
they, they their actions are authentic to who they are as a person, mm. and the actions tell a story rather than needing to dump a load of exposition all over the place. I wonder if it was pitched to the actors with the storyboards, you know, rather That would be than, quite cool, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be cool. Uh, but how would you pick that as an actor as well? It'd be, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, well, for me... I I just don't want the Revenant to to win, and it sounds like I'm totally against the Revenant. And it, it technically it's an absolutely just the opening scene is amazing. Um, the the attack by the you know the natives on the on the hunters, but um, I'd like Mad Max to win, but I'd also really like Room to win. So Best Picture, the big one. There's quite a few nominees this year. Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, The Martian, The Revenant. Room and Spotlight. Yeah. Again, you know, Mad Max. <laughs> We'd like Mad Max to win, I think. Yeah, I would love Mad Max to win because it would be it'd be a strange film to have as uh, the winner. But th- not just that. I mean, it is actually just a technical accomplishment. It is a great, great film. Um, but The Martian, shouldn't that be in best comedy anyway? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Now... We spent a lot of time there talking about the Oscars, and we still are going to talk about the Oscars, but what I want to talk about is, as I've got older, and I think it's the same for you, um, Oscar season and the start of the year is the more ex- is the most exciting time of the year to be for films to come out, whereas, you know, go back 10 years, maybe even less, and it was all about the summer season, and, oh, you know, what are the, the pre- you'd get that preview uh, edition of Empire Magazine in, like, January or February, mm-hmm. and it'd be like, you know the 20 blockbusters you have to see over summer, you'd be like, yes, can't wait to see what they are. Um, but now it's all about the Oscar season's films, the awards season films. And I wonder, is that us now having a more tasteful, classy palette of films? Is it? Are we just absolute snobbies? Uh, are we just old? Or, you know, have ha- the other thing was, have we come to know story patterns like the 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 hero's journey and the three-act structure so well Mm. that when you watch a blockbuster and it's painted in such broad strokes because they want as wide an audience as possible you kind of get "Mm, well i know what's coming here i think i think it's both those points isn't it i think it is yes we're getting older and we've seen all those things a hundred times but the blockbusters are kind of gateways for younger people aren't they you know you got to think when we were kids what we loved going to the cinema and what got us into film you know Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles yep. uh, at the <laughs> cinema and things like that, you know. So it, I, I think it is. I think they're as important um, as we don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we've got a list uh, in front of us, um, which you can't see, obviously, uh, and that has a list of every film that has won Best Oscar, Best Oscar, Best Picture at the Oscars uh, since Oscars began um and i wanted us to try and think of our favorite oscar winner and 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 i've got to tell you i looked at the list prior to this recording and i i'm in an absolute quandary here there's i don't think there's any way i can choose something but have you have you been able to pick a film one film from the list i have been able to pick a film you've picked one film from the list of every oscar right hang on a minute so you've picked one film. Let me just—I'm not going to read the whole list. It's—it's it's too exhaustive, uh, and I'm sure you can remember your favourites. But let's just—let's just—you know—a few big ones. So you know, Twelve Years a Slave, Birdman. We all know them the last couple of years. But let's go further back: The Deer Hunter, Rocky, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Godfather Two, The Sting, French Connection, uh, Rain Man, Platoon. Uh, let's have a look. Some of Forrest Gump, Schindler's List, Unforgiven, Sounds of the Lambs. Let's go back even further. You don't need to. 
I'm going back. Uh, Casablanca, Ben-Hur, Bridge of the River Kwai, uh, On the Waterfront. There's just so many amazing films, and you've picked one. That's true. Right, well, let's hear it. It might seem a bit obvious, but I'm going for Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Oh! Because, yeah, <laughs> I mean, films are, are what they mean to you at a certain point in time, aren't they? That can be said of films. Uh <laughs> And I think, you know, it just struck a chord with me at exactly the right time. And I think it's the fact that the two previous films weren't honoured as well. They were both nominated, yeah. but, but they weren't honoured and they probably should have been in some way. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's a phenomenal film that has shaped everything that I've loved about cinema since. So, How old were you when Return of the King came out? Was it uh, 2003? I was three. You were not three. <laughs> um, I was, how old was I? Have a look. Let's let's see. Let's 18. check the year. Where's where's my piece of paper with it on? I was I was eighteen, I think. I'd say between seventeen and twenty-one is where you really form what is important to you about cinema. If you're watching a lot of it, that is. Yeah, I think I think any films that that make you take a look at yourself, right? Um, you know, kind of resonate um, massively, and that film just does. You know, it's all about. Um, friendships and helping one another this whole troop of people who are from completely different parts of the of of a universe you know all come together for this one common goal and and i love that i mean the story is obviously amazing from tolkien um but the actual um transfer to to screen by peter jackson was just phenomenal you know and philippa boyens uh, and fran walsh who did the screenplay as well it's just an amazing adaptation and is return of the king then your favorite of the three um ironically not oh um no fellowship of the ring is yeah that's my favorite uh it is a an amazing establishment story i agree so let's hear your favorite line from any of the lord of the rings films delivered in the impression of that character um who shall i go for i don't know who to go for it was deliberate <laughs> it was deliberate um <laughs> okay underwhelming um <laughs> Right. Well, uh, I, there's no way, I, to be honest with you, there's no way, and that, uh, that makes me sound like a film star. There's just no way I can pick from this list is, of critically acclaimed, acclaimed, acclaimed films. It is absolutely impossible because then you do start looking. If you don't pick a film, you then look through the list and think, "How can I pick one of these?" Yeah. Um, I think in terms of, well, I'll tell you what I'll say. I'll, what is a good way of doing it, and it's a, it's a way I often look at doing top ten lists, is the best, and my favourite. Yeah. Um. I don't know what my favourite is, because I've only just thought of doing it that way. But in terms of the best, uh, I think probably, for me, it would be uh, One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Um, and my favourite, maybe Casablanca. Really? Yeah. Only because I'm an absolute sap when romance is done right, and oh. that's romance done right. Um, although, let's, let's, do, let's, let's talk recent films. Let's say in the last... Well, I was going to say let's say in the last ten years, but oh no, that doesn't that doesn't cover the Return of the King. Let's no, look at the last ten. Tell me your favorite from the last ten years. Uh, that, that is, I'll just read them out for you, so that you can be sure of what's what. Okay. Uh, Crash, The Departed, No Country for Old Men, Slumdog Millionaire, The Hurt Locker, The King's Speech, The Artist, Argo, Twelve Years a Slave, and Birdman. Um, for me personally, uh, there are some good films in there, but. I absolutely loved The Departed. I thought it was an amazing Scorsese mm -hmm. film. I've said amazing a lot, which is really irritating me. Um, but it is absolutely phenomenal. And But No Country for Old Men as well is 
is absolutely staggering. Um, yeah. And that is one of those films where you wouldn't expect it to be. I don't know. It's it's quite a violent film, so I don't know whether you'd expect it to be in 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 Best Picture, but it's. Uh... I think it's. Um, and, and let me just say this: I I hadn't actually ever seen No Country for Old Men until two weeks ago. Unbelievable. So it's fresh in my mind, and and I think it probably is my favorite of that list. Mm. Um, it's got that Coen Brothers thing of not a lot actually seems to happen, yeah. and yet loads happens. Yeah. Um, and they're j- it's it's an absolute masterpiece of tension. Mm, it is. Because even the tension, the tension isn't rammed in your face like, you know, there isn't suddenly like a drop in the sound mm. and then the, the, the strings come in as someone's reaching for a door. It's not that kind of tension. It's just, you know what the stakes are for each person. Yeah. So you only have to like watch uh, Anton Shiger, mm. uh, Javier Bardem, wandering down the street with his uh, cattle prod gun or whatever he's got. Mm. And it, and you're just like thinking, where's he? Where's he headed? Yeah. What's he doing? Oh my god, this is awful. Yeah. It's as well. I mean, not in terms of it, um, best screenplay. Uh, sorry, best uh, picture, but more just in terms of it as a film and and the, and the little plot devices that it has. But his his weapon that he has, it's, yeah. it's like one of those things in all those films that you look back into through time, like Back to the Future. There was a hoverboard. You love the hoverboard. Yeah, yeah. Lord of the Rings. There's a ring that makes people invisible, and it's this thing which is so weird that he kills people with, and it's mm. it's a it's a really I don't know. It's a it's an interesting and the, thing. and the good thing about that as a, as opposed to the ring yeah. in the Lord of the Rings is it's not like the MacGuffin. No, no, no. It's exactly. just a thing that is associated with a character yeah. it's it's so mad that it could only fit with that character and it it, yeah. it makes him look crazier and it makes the yeah. device look crazy as well yeah in terms of we we haven't really touched on well, we have a little bit but um music film music because we're, we're as well as screenplays we're always looking out for scores because we both love we're both massive music fans that's not, do you know what claiming <laughs> to be a massive music fan is ridiculous and it's the kind of thing people put on their cv love music and socializing with friends <laughs> If you don't like Brilliant those two things, on my own. yeah, or or, or in a or group a of team. Team people, but <laughs> if you don't like those two things, then you're not fit to work anywhere because it's uh, the it, basic human it, things: yeah, interacting with people and music. And you know, I I don't I'm I'm quite a shy person, but I'll interact with people. Mm. Um, but music, yeah, we we both love music, which makes us better than all of you because none of you like music as much <laughs> as we do. We loved it first, and we love it most. Um, so first of all, massive shout out to shout out like he's listening, like he cares who I am, to John Williams uh, because he received his fiftieth Oscar nomination this year for Star Wars. Um, I don't know how many he's won actually, but just to f- think about that, fifty nominations. I mean, there's only so many years, <laughs> and he's been nominated fifty times. He's obviously been nominated multiple times some years. Um, have. Let, should we should we save a discussion for John Williams for another podcast? I think so. Okay. So what's your favourite John Williams? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, we'll save it, we'll save it. Um Yeah, I think we've kind of I think we've reached an organic end to this podcast. Unless there's another point you want to make about the Oscars or anything Oscar related, even if it's Oscar Isaac or Oscar the Grouch. Um I really hope they don't try and do a bigger Oscar selfie this year. <laughs> good point <laughs> so yeah this was our first podcast uh let please let us know what you thought about it or what you think about it or what you'd like us to tell suggest. us what you hated yeah what did you hate probably the lack of pop shield i hate that because i've heard every single harsh syllable when i said hated i shouted it into the mic so you probably hate that yeah um <laughs> what subjects you'd like us to cover um 
we've got a lot of ideas ourselves, but you know, we're open to ideas. Probably never use them, but you know, it's a democracy. Um, and yeah, uh, we, we, this is going to be hopefully, uh, you know, a once a month thing at the minimum, maybe even once a fortnight if we can think of some really good stuff to talk about. But you know, it takes us a while to think about worthwhile stuff to talk about, as you can hear from this ramble that's going on and on right now. <laughs> so yeah, thanks for listening. I've been James. I've been James. We've been Cultoid. Oh, it was like we rehearsed it, but it was off the cuff. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, and now, uh, and now we're off to guff. <laughs> 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 yeah. Thank you, and goodbye.